80% of the crap I have I don't need or, or use. So yeah, I'm yeah. just going to start getting it's rid of like it. It's not like you're going to be putting like on makeup and high heels and shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> we shouldn't jump to conclusions. <laughs> you, are in San, you are in San Francisco. And I do want to feel pretty. <laughs> but um, uh, I have, yeah, no, I've got... I don't, I don't have a vast array of shoes. Like, what do I need a more than... A vast array of yeah, shoes. What do I... Obviously, you've, you've got two feet and... Spend, people spend loads of money on trainers and you just step on them. Trainers. Shoes. Tennis shoes. Another English term. Trainers. But I mean, when you're Sneakers. traveling too, it's hard to like travel Sneakers. with all that shit. <laughs> What's a jumper? This is a jumper. You're looking at one. A sweater is a jumper? Yeah. A sweater is a jumper. For us, a jumper is like overalls. I would like call, or I would call a jumper, overalls. yeah, overalls like um, but that's their big overalls. bibs. Like I guess you'd call it a bib, maybe. It's you know their pants that have a little thing. Think of what it. hillbillies wear. Yeah, like, what, like dungarees. Yes, dungarees. Uh, dungarees. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but they're not overalls, are they? I, I, I guess dungarees are. Overalls. But you know, it depends what part oh, of jumper. the United States you are, because some people do say dungarees for jeans. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And that would be so more not like... No sense is gone. <laughs> well, the, you know... Minnesota. The etymology of the... Uh, <laughs> no, I really... I am into etymology. I think it's kind of cool. Okay, so what did you do on a cruise ship? You played your ukulele? Uh, no, I'm a bass player, usually. A bass electric, player. Electric bass. So I played that and had a great time doing it. And... Would you play... When did you play? Like in a... Was it for like a musical theater thing? Or you just played? Shows. Yeah. So we did a couple of shows um, every other week. And then we were just in like the band. You were just a co- so you were singing we cover were, songs. You were like... Yeah, we were just... Yeah. Yeah! Like the police. We didn't do the police, actually. Oh. I wish we had. We did like... Um, then you could be like Sting. I was just like Sting, actually. <laughs> yeah, I said that. No, we did... Um, what did we do? We did lots of like pop songs. We did. Um, I'm quite a big fan of uh, that song, "Call Me Maybe." Oh yeah! So I actually quite liked playing that. That's funny. I know. Shouldn't I? Shouldn't like it. Did you sing it with irony or? No, wh- I sang it with sincerity. Oh. <laughs> kind of heartfelt passion that I feel like Carly Rae would have really wanted me to do it with. <laughs> I'm just wondering because you know, like sometimes, well, you have a ukulele. That was a really big trend not too long ago. Is that girls would sing strange songs you wouldn't expect to hear on the ukulele on the ukulele so like a cure song they'd be like and if a double decker buzz and they'd sing it like sweet and cute and ukulele style and it was like a thing they were all doing it was like a trend yeah you, you couldn't go to an open mic without hearing like a girl and i was like oh great another girl on yeah. a ukulele great what what ironic song are you gonna do now and then they like literally do ironic from Alanis yeah. Morissette. but like in a really which we did on the ship yeah uh, i'm so glad that trend's over well it's so annoying i'm sorry i don't like the breathy voices that you get from a lot of like singer songwriters right i feel like that it just struck, like it feels like they're struggling to breathe when they're singing, and that's strange to me. And I don't understand how they get the words out amongst like a. Because <sighs> they're, so, they're so breathy. Um, so breathy. It sounds like you play songs for uh, like live band karaoke. Okay, yeah, sometimes. Um, I haven't. Have you ever done that? They should have done that on the ship. Well, they live thought about it, karaoke? but then they just had karaoke. Oh. So it didn't really. Live band karaoke is a lot of fun. I've done Bandy it in New York. You do like well, you sing, you sing for real. So why would you do karaoke, or do you like it? I like it. Okay, I like it. Because like why it wouldn't you? Yeah, that's the thing. And also, when when you when you're drunk, it's a good excuse just to 
belt. Well, I'll do anything when I'm drunk, really. Yeah. <laughs> be Somebody your own rock me. star. Yeah, I'll be a, I'm a rock star every time I... See, but that's the thing. You're in a band, so you're already a rock star. Oh, I'm not a rock star. Well, but, that, I mean, I've done... Some call... Like, I've been called that. You've been, yeah. Some people... Other people say it. On the cruise ship, are they all old? Where did you go? I'm interested. So did you... I didn't know that. I mean, you, did you left England and then you? Where do they cruise? Did you were you like in the Mediterranean? So we were did in the Med. To, yeah. <gasps> did you go to the Greek Isles? No, we went to the south of France and oh. we went to Spain and Italy. Oh my God! Portugal and Gibraltar a couple of times. So you wow. had Ibiza too, didn't you? Ibiza. Uh, Ibiza. We didn't go to Ibiza. <laughs> really? Actually. No, but um, we went to Malaga. Oh, nice. Which is a bit like Ibiza, basically hot England. <laughs> I met some cool English people in Corfu. Nice. Yeah, I went to Corfu and we met some really cool English people. We met them. We were my Jonathan and I got pretty drunk in the afternoon and um Typical we were Jonathan. like <laughs> Jonathan's not here sadly. He's he's my uh, I don't like the word boyfriend because I think significant it's significant other. Significant other. <laughs> but we were in Corfu and we met these people from um England and they were so awesome, just really nice. And they said that a lot of people vacation in Corfu because it's easy to get there and you're in the same time zone. But it's like really nice and it's like cheap to fly. Ryan Air oh, is the is the but Arian, fuck Ryan Air. Arian Air. Arian Air. They're Ryan Air is the worst. They're super cheap flights and they're but, pretty racist. But they won't even give you water. They have, they sell you water. Se- that's a human right, isn't it? Yeah, not yeah, on, not on Ryan Air. No, <laughs> my boyfriend calls it Arian Air. They they like to kick uh, black people off. Oh, there was a video, wasn't yes, there? Yes, yeah. So we okay. learned not to ever fly Aryan Air. The, the thing that they're <laughs> dumb about, too, is that they could have made it an anagram. If they would have spelled it R-I-A-N-A-I-R, then it would be the same way backwards and forwards. But instead, they spelled it R-Y. Wait a minute. Yeah. So wait, they didn't even give you free water? No, they didn't give us water. That is some cheap They, they charged you two, two euros for water. That's, that is, that's horrible. That is horrible. I heard the, the CEO is a, a prick anyway. Well, He's I like prick. cheap plane flights, but it's just not worth it. That's so, how much time when you were on a cruise ship did you get <laughs> to have fun? Or how much was work? Like, what's no, the ratio? It's pretty much like 80, 20 fun to work. And when you're working, you're not fun having... Fun is 80%. Yeah. You're not really having a bad time when you're working either, because you're just playing. So, I mean, I really didn't do that much work at all, which was really nice, because you... I try and avoid that. <laughs> did, they, did they pay you okay? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Also, we don't have to pay for rent. We get fed. Like, right. But yeah. when you leave, how long were you gone for? Six months. So nice. what did you do? Did you pay rent at your other flat? Or did you just <laughs> let it go? And I just let it go and moved back in with my parents. But obviously, I just went on the cruise. Oh. And that was that. And then you came back and you just looked for a new place? Well, I'm going out again in January, so <gasps> I've got, I'm doing a pantomime, which you guys you guys don't have pantomimes, but you totally should. A pantomime? Have you? Oh, it's a Christmas play. Yeah, but there's always someone in drag, which is fun. Oh, nice. And that's you? No, that's not me. Oh, okay. I, well, you know, I'll pop along to one of these shows and then see what it's like, and then maybe I'll do drag <laughs> well you you know it's really easy to wear wigs if you Ex- don't have any exactly hair. I have to get some something to stop it slipping off yeah. that would be my Pantom- main so you're going to do a pantomime on a cruise yeah ship. pantomime not on a cruise not ship not a cruise ship I'm like that's weird but, um, which is going to be fun and then although every year I get burnt because they have the like pyrotechnics too close to me which is oh, sad no. so bear that in mind everyone wow yeah it's a hazard of the job but, um, it's great like 
and then I go back out to the Bahamas for four months. <gasps> I what? I, I hate you. Uh, what? It's terrible being me, honestly. What? I hate you. It's gonna, it's gonna, the Bahamas? Yeah. Damn. Based out of Miami because it's a uh, uh, celebrity or something. Cruising. Celebrity cruise? Yeah. yeah. And then we're, I'm out again around the, the Baltics and Asia after that. That's the life, dude. I'm sorry. I know. It's really, it's, I don't. I missed out on that opportunity. I don't know why I didn't take it. You should go. Are there stand-up comedians on the cruise ship? Yeah, yeah. they hire. But they, but they have to be clean, right? N- not really. Not all the time. Not really. Not really. <laughs> At Second City, they had they hired uh, improv and comedians to go on the cruise ships for about six months. Yeah. So it's a real thing. The, the problem is I could never leave San Francisco because my rent. I'm under rent control, and if I ever left, I could never come back. If I if I left my apartment I there's no going there's no moving back no, to where I live back for real. It's, it'd be too expensive it'd be like I mean I'd have to you know you have to I'd have to, to move to, I'd have to move to Greece that's a perfect excuse to go to cruise ship isn't it because you right. can't come back yeah. so and if that it. ever if, well if it ever if that ever happens I'll I'll consider it because hell yeah you made some interesting people I'm sure. I've only taken cruises, but to work on one, it it seems very fascinating, like meeting different people from all over the world. It's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Um, Was your room tiny? Do you have like a roommate? Is it like summer camp? Yes, we were in bunk beds. I was on the bottom because my mate had a girlfriend. Oh. So he was on top bunk. His, His girlfriend wasn't on the ship, which meant obviously being on the top bunk makes things... Slightly more difficult when you've only got about like two feet of headroom. Oh, so God. being on the bottom oh, bunk is better. Yeah. I didn't and think then, about that. Yeah, well, it's logistics, guys. You've got to wow these things. And then we had uh, we had like a little shower and toilet, but it's not really big. It's like just you could. It's, it's for sleeping. Big. Yeah, it's for sleeping and it's for washing, and then you go right other things because loads of stuff to do. So you might as well. Are there weird rules? Um, well, not. I wouldn't say weird, just basically wash your hands lots. That's what they were like. <laughs> wash your hands everywhere. And sometimes you'd leave the room. And I got into a bit, like, a bit of an argument with someone. Because, well, because disease and stuff spread on ships really quickly. So they're always uh, like sanitized. Uh, sanitized. But I'd leave the room. And I'd literally step out, come back in. She'd go, oh, sanitize, please. Oh, you've literally just, oh, sanitize. And I, was, I got to the point where I was like, no, you sanitize. <laughs> and then, uh, but I sanitize because, you know, I, I complain, but I end up just doing what I'm told. It, so that's what ends up happening is one person gets sick and the entire ship is sick. Yeah, and if you are sick, then you're confined to your quarters <gasps> for two days. Uh, gross! And there's no windows in your cabin either. So you're just in your cabin for two days. They How bring food to you. And awful! I know, it's awful. You said you worked uh, for a celebrity cruise line, right? Well, I'm going to. You're going to. You didn't work for uh, Carnival because I heard they're terrible. I haven't worked for Carnival. Okay, don't work for them. I definitely won't. Yeah. Your recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, No, seriously, because I've heard when that was like the first cruise I took and the way they treated their employees was terrible really and they even said <laughs> like my there's like a the the guy that you know brings you to the cabin he's kind of like your cabin dude and he is uh he was from trinidad and so like he cool accent he never he never like slept and i'm like brother what do you ever sleep like he's like no they do not what does it really sleep <laughs> and i'm like and everyone was just seemed so tired and i felt so Aww. bad so yeah i don't it's work like, for carnival that's a slave ship for real slave. <laughs> that's slave. the amistad it's the ryanair of boats yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. true <laughs> 
No, they do work hard though, because you like you. There's only a limited amount of people, so you all have to kind of just. Well, we didn't because we're musicians. So we just kind of watched other people work really hard, which is <laughs> the best way to do it. But sure. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely an experience, and I'm doing it, going to do it again. So it can't have been a bad one. Yeah. Hey, you it, are you part of some kind of union where you're like, once you're in, you're like, ah, this is easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's weird actually because once once you've done one gig, other gigs just sort of follow. But getting the first gig can be quite difficult. Sure. Sometimes. But you just go to. I've, I've got an agent called John. Wow. Yeah, and, and he gets me gigs. Agent. Yeah. You for real. Fancy. Agent John. <laughs> Special agent, secret agent man. And you never know who you're going to meet out here since you're traveling. Well, you know, I'm... West hope, Coast. I'm going to hopefully hit it hit it big in these next two weeks. So... <laughs> hey. I'll remember you guys. Yay. <laughs> well, we'll I'll, I'll tag you on Facebook and you'll be able to listen to this podcast. Do you want to play some songs? I can play a song if you want. Sure. You. Entertain yeah. us. Do you want to? It's up I, to you. I you brought your to. music. I would love to. Cool. Sweet. So, I'll sing a song, but I need, I need to put something out there first. It's got the word fag in it. That's, I mean, whatever. But the, in England... It means cigarette. Like cigarette. cigarette. Yeah. So, and it only says it once. I have a joke that has, that I use the word faggy, but I always get a laugh on it with my T-Rex joke and I say little faggy arms. And I feel badly because I don't want to like don't disparage bad. gay people, but because I, 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 I say retarded. I say retarded, but I was special ed teacher for four years, so I earned that. <laughs> you earned that. <laughs> I earned that shit. You earned that retardation. I, I, I earned it. Do you, do you, it, what, what's your pad for? So these, I, I don't want to forget the words. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because we, we have a little plug in if there was other background music besides no, your, there is not background. you're fine. Cool. Right on. So, hey, Mutiny Radio listeners, we're going to listen to a song. Is this something you wrote yourself, or are you going to sing ironic? Yeah, original music. I might as well do one that I've written. I could do a cover if you guys. No, 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 no. Original music. Original music. Might get it wrong. So, I only wrote this one the other day, and I thought, what would be a better. So, you guys are the first people to hear it. Oh, wow. Cool. It's a world premiere, guys. World premiere. Of a song that nobody cared about in the first place. It's called The Menthol Blues. Nice. Here we go. Are those cigarettes? Could you roll one for me? Cause when I drunk roll and crappy, I waste backy. And I know I should buy straights, but mate, they're expensive Just for a bit nicer taste And we sit, drink, smoke, laugh and think On economics and phonics, love and plate tectonics A while away, the hours with the DMCs Oh, I love you, do you love me? Well, my granddad, he was the king of swing Could throw a lady around you, he could paint the town And get a dizzy in love until he met grandma His legs flopped around, head upside down He knew right then he would wear the crown And he did his best he could to please her But he could never roll through his back around He's a naughty young 50s geezer So, mate just roll me a cigarette Life is tough enough and you're living it You can help yourself, you know you love me And drunk me fucking loves you too, it's true I said it before, I will do Buy straights next time, get the menthol blues Let's drink and have a smoke or two Cause it's Friday I hit the gym 
Can't lift a thing and the gym hits me back Arms aching that Oh man I'm wishing I could measure up to these young chaps Who match the squat rack with the heavy rucksack But I like the fact that where I burn the fat Is on the dance floor of the local booze arm And I'm shouting out the lyrics to Bohemian Raps That really please me When you roll this fag for me oh. Yeah we know it's bad for us But so is 10 hours a week on the bus Man 50 in the office Yeah I'm 4 on the phone To your girlfriend Who you know cheats when you're not home So just cut me some slack This week has been tough man And that's a fact But my hands are getting cold Now it's getting wet And I'm still not smoking yet So When you roll me a cigarette Life is tough enough And you're living it You can help yourself You know you love me And drunk me fucking loves you too It's true I said it before I will do Bash straights next time Get the menthol blues Let's drink And have a smoke or two Cause it's Friday What else you gonna do? Yay! 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 That, that was, was so dope. great. That's, you're like you're gonna be famous. Of course you have an agent. That's a great song. I have an agent song. for my original music. I've got an agent for me. That is so catchy and stop it, guys. No, it really stop. is. Stop. It's stop. super. Yeah. It's like it, you could, it could be a great pop song. It's but it's a good. It's not like a. I don't. I don't want to say pop songs. I don't want to like defame. It can be a pop song as long as it makes money. It I don't really it? care. It's making me want to smoke cigarettes again. Oh no, I quit. I, I, I know I quit too. But I quit. But I love that song. We should just all start smoking now. Maybe we get sponsorship then. Can people find you? Can people follow you on that stuff? Do you have stuff where? Do you have an Instagram account where you like post? pictures from your cruise ships <laughs> well i'm um i was in a band called edward alice where i wrote the music when we played that sort of thing so people could check that out edward alice edward alice yeah why would yes. you be called that well i'm glad you asked and, like edwardian alice no no like so edward my middle alice. name is edward uh, and my mate christian his middle name was edward and then our drummer's middle name was alice so we went edward alice and then we had another member and her middle name was victoria but unfortunately she joined a touch late Ah, so we and we thought Edward Alice Victoria was a little long. quite frankly not very catchy. Yeah, it's kind of mouthy. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you. I mean, that's a great song. Well, it really you. is. Yeah, you gotta. Well, it, there's there's a live recording, but yeah. mix, mix that down and fucking. I will. It'll get uh, people will be like, what did it? You could do like a little video, put it on the YouTube. Yeah. But the YouTube. You, you just <laughs> definitely play it on the cruise ship and make yeah. people happy and smile. You should film your uh, your what's it called while you're here? Your video and like walk around with a GoPro well, in San Francisco. Well, this place is pretty cool. Well, I think I just film it in here actually. <laughs> yeah. This this is this place is pretty funky. Uh, Mutiny Radio. You guys are. I'll do a station break. You're listening to Mutiny Radio FM. This is the AltaCast. Pam Latoy and Thomas, our Yay, special guest. There's a tree out here today. Uh, our special guest from Cambridge. I, it, um, Latoya was trying to explain to me because I don't understand like the whole UK thing. Like I'm like Wales is a country. I can't. Yeah, it is a country. Like, oh, is that a thing? Yeah, it's, it's, like the parts of the. We don't take it all that seriously. Whoa. <laughs> Well, I, My last name's Welsh. I only, <laughs> yeah. I only it is when. When? How do you? W Y. It's a V it, in it. No, it's not. It's not a V. It changed to a Y though. Uh, but yeah, so I this found is that why out. nobody takes, especially Welsh names, very seriously because nobody can pronounce them. Hardly so any Welsh people can even say them. Like when I went to, I was went to Wales last year, and I'm like, how the fuck do you say? What? Yeah, 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 because I'm hearing you on my telephone. But are you on, but I, and I don't see you on my computer. I don't see you. Yeah. 
Because if not, then I I'll go to an older session that I invited you to. This is Siva and Karen, too. Is there a two? Okay, cool. Oh, good. I'll see you in one second. Yay. Hmm, I'm here where it says join session. Did you join the session yet? What? I never had to do any of this. I don't know what they're doing to you. Where's the green one? Wow. No, I don't. And Simma and Karen too, right? And you press join session. Oh. Oh, that's okay. I'm not on the microphone yet. Yeah, there you are. Hi. Okay. All right. Hey, can you hear me now? Okay. Can you hear me okay? I can't hear you, though. Hold on. I can't, can you hear me? I can't hear you. So let me figure out what's wrong. I can't, can you hear me? I can't, I still can't, can you hear me? Say something again. Why can't I hear you? For some reason, I don't know why, I can't hear you. 
Um, I am going to have to call the director. I'm trying to do what I did last week with the computer, but for some reason, um, I can't hear her. She can hear me. I can't hear her. So I'm not... She, yeah, she hears me. I don't hear her through the headphones, so I'm not hearing her. So what am I not hooked up, right? Yeah, that yeah, that's hooked up. It's the it's the only one that there is, right? Yeah, one, two, three, four. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. So. I think. I, hold on. Hold on one second, please. Karen, say something now. No. Because I have four all the way up. The new mark, the new mark, is that the submixer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. From here, and I still agree with that. I mean, just from spells. Two. But, okay, here's my question, though. When, when I put submixer up, then I just hear the radio show. I have my two. I have, I have my two. Oh, the black box? You mean the little box? It says, um... Oh, three was up. Yeah, three was up. Okay, I got, I got full. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Maybe this. Hold on. Karen, say something now. No, I've got four up on the black box, the big black box. I got three down. Yeah. I am. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not hearing her through the headphones. That's the problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing is plugged into my computer. I could see her. She could hear me. So I've got four up on the submixer. Okay, but the light's still on on three, on channel three. On, on the new mark, right? The, the big black box, right? Not the little black box. Okay. The green lights... Right. But the green light is on on channel three, not on channel four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me tell her. Okay. Okay. Karen, so sorry. Say something else now. Say something. Yeah, she's saying something, but it's just not happening. And I think... I think it's my computer. Yeah. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Well, yeah. The, the but it's the no no the the one the the thing that's plugged the thing that's plugged in is from the the from the sub mixer into my computer that I, I did, that we did last time. Oh, the the stuff was plugged in is the um the thing that we did last time where that that cord it's about a, I don't know it's not that long of a cord it goes from the back of the sub mixer to my computer. Yeah, it is. Where's the master volume? It's the farthest one to the right. So it's yeah, it's all the way up. It's up. It's up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, you know, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know. I actually, I just lost her. I just lost, I just lost her. I just lost her.
Okay, well now I lost, I totally lost her. So, um, okay, so if I have her just call in, what? Yeah. Okay, tell me the number, 415, 55. I see it, okay. Okay, and then so, and then what do I do? Just, just turn up the thing that says phone and that's it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, okay. All right. Okay, but I, I totally lost her. Okay. All right. Bye. But, okay, so I think we should just do it through the telephone, okay? Oh, you are so wonderful. You know, because I, I always get, you know, this is always a little bit nerve-wracking for me until I really become the super sound engineer, which I don't really want to do. But we're going to try this. I'm going to have you call this number, 415-550-5555. Yeah. No, uh-uh. You are so wonderful, I can't tell you. Yeah. You're a baby boy, Marco. You don't look that. You look, you look so young. Okay, 415-550-0511. So I'm going to hang up and then answer through this other phone. 550-0511. Yeah. All right.
Hi. Okay, I'm going to hang up now and put it on speaker. Or wherever I'm supposed to do this. Okay, and I think this is the way. I think this is it. So if I lose you, I'll call you back. Hello? Okay, so for the phone, I must have done something wrong. I say hello, I press the red button, and then I hang up. Oh. Oh. Okay. Where it says phone, phone. Oh. I gotta get rid of this guy. Alright, bye. Uh, who are you? I'm Jessica. You're what I'm Jessica, I don't know. I just thought I'd walk in. Well, from where? Why are you walking in here? From Washington State. I just got here. This is my twelfth day and I saw alcohol free zone, so I thought I'd see what's up. Out! Okay. God bless. I pressed the wrong button. Okay, do it again, and now she told me exactly what I need to do. And if I can't get this right, I'm a hopeless failure, but I don't think I am. So I'll probably get it right. All right. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Okay, I'm going to do this right.
You're there, right? Okay. Ah, okay. Hey, are you there? Hello? Hello? Sound, you sound very distant. I hope I sound close. Oh, how's this? Yeah, that's much better. That's because I didn't have I didn't have the microphone in my hand. Okay. Oh, I'm so happy. Okay, so let me press the record button and we will get started. Okay, hang on. Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Sima Lieberman, The Inclusionist, with Everyday Conversations on Race for Everyday People, where we bring together, where we bring people together to have open cross-race conversations on race and bring race to the people. If you have ever wanted to talk about race, but were afraid of saying the wrong thing or not being heard, then this podcast is for you. If you like what you hear today, then go to www.raceconvo.com and down, download more episodes. If you really like what you hear, then share, share the show with colleagues, friends, and everyone else you know. I'm really excited to introduce my next guest. And I have to tell you, we've had some... I, I think I've told people before that I'm recording here at mutinyradio.fm and I'm here today without this, the station director, so sometimes I run into a little bit of technical difficulties. So I am really excited to get it right and to introduce my next guest. My next guest is originally from Charleston, South Carolina. She was a chemist at Procter & Gamble and then moved into marketing at GE Medical, where she helped form the African American Forum. Today, she is Chief Diversity Officer for the city of Appleton, Wisconsin. I met her last year at the Forum for Workplace Inclusion in Minneapolis. I want to welcome Karen Nelson. Hi, Karen. How are you doing today? Good morning, Sima. I'm fine. A little frozen at the moment, snowed in in the city of Appleton, but thank goodness for technology, I'm still able to get through to you. Well, I'm glad, too. It's funny because I'm here in, in, in the Bay Area because we're recording remotely today. And we complain if when the weather goes below. If it goes below 50, everybody's in down jackets and ski hats and all of that. So I imagine it's a little bit different where you are right now. It's a little bit different where I am. In fact, it is minus 10. <gasps> in terms of what it feels like right now, <laughs> minus ten. That's some serious weather. And we have and we have snow drift up to uh, over a foot of snow outside. So no one's going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> but that's We're good. It gives a, you it gives you time to chill. But I guess you have to work from home. We're under a snow emergency to uh, to stay off the roads. But you're absolutely correct. Uh, the work does not stop. I have quite a bit of it right here on my laptop that I'm doing here at home. <laughs> well, I want to well, start by asking you, my first question is, how did you go from the field of chemistry and then marketing in the private sector to working in the mayor's office of Appleton, Wisconsin? 
It has been a wonderful journey for starting off as a bench chemist at Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati, Ohio, then switching over to marketing. And in fact, I was in the marketing department at GE Medical Systems at the time when I was tapped to head up the diversity initiative for GE Medical. And how that came to be is because of always staying true to my passion for social justice and community involvement throughout my entire life, which I learned from my parents, um, both of whom are now uh, no longer with us here on earth. But uh, I learned that if you would simply stay engaged with your community, you'll be surprised uh, just what kind of a difference one can make. So in fact, I found myself as the vice president of the NAACP uh, Waukesha branch. I was very active with my local chapter there, my local church, Waukesha Temple, and other community engagements that garnered me the attention of the president of GE Medical uh, Systems at the time, John Tranny, uh, along with the fact that we were starting to form the first ever affinity group. They're now called BRDs or ERDs, uh, business resource groups or employee resource groups for companies. So we started the GE Minority Leaders United for Progress, uh, acronym GEMLUP, and we later, of course, renamed ourselves AAS because it was a lot shorter, uh, the African American Forum. And by doing so, we were bringing to the attention some of the inequities and disparities uh, regarding uh, people of color, professionals within General Electric, medical systems at the time. And so that coupled with my community involvement garnered me the attention of the president of, of GE Medical and also of the vice president of human resources there. So when Jack Welch, uh, one day said to all of the presidents of GE businesses that you will place diversity as one of the top three priorities for your GE business right alongside market share and profitability. Your number three has got to be diversity. And as a result of that, he said, come back and meet me at Boca Raton a year from now and with your, with your newly developed diversity department in place. And so when my president, John Tranny, came back from that meeting and that director from Jack Welch, uh, that's when I was tapped to move over from marketing, where I was running a $1.1 million uh, X-ray accessories product line over into HR and joined the, the whole world of diversity uh, on the front line instead of secondarily on the uh, from a community standpoint only. Well, you know, I really didn't know that Jack Welsh was really serious about it. Oh yes, he was one of the. He was he was such a visionary, and I really counted as one of the key blessings and joys of my career is having had the exposure to his sharp wittedness, his sharp mindedness, and his vision. For, for understanding all the way back to the late 80s, early 90s, that the importance of diversity mixed in with business principles. And as a result of that, that really helped, uh, as I said, to launch my diversity career.
Well, you know, I'm really glad to know that because I just broke down one of my one of my wrong assumptions. And I, you know, I always like when I have I don't like making wrong assumptions, but I like if they're wrong and somebody can can write them for me. What when did you first become aware in your life? When did you first become aware of race? Oh, that's an excellent question, Sima. And I'll tell you, I am a daughter of the South. So I am the whole Southern Belle, long white gloves, debutantes, Miss Debutantes, all of that from, from Charleston, South Carolina. And, uh, but I did grow up in the segregated South. Of course, by the time I came along, I was the, uh, the, the signs had all come down. <laughs> From, uh, from the experience that my two older brothers had where they could see and experience the signs of, you know, uh, white only colored uh, uh, in terms of water um, access to the, uh, to the uh, movie um, entrances to downtown establishments, et cetera. But uh, by the time I came along, like I said, the signs were gone. So I got a slightly different experience. I had a slightly different experience, but the behavior of exclusion was still there. But we were very fortunate, as I mentioned before, to have parents who taught us to love everyone the same. And our mom and dad always taught us to love first. Do not hate anyone just because of the color of their skin. Let them disprove their worthiness of your love by their own behavior, not because of yours. And that always stuck with me. And so we were always very active uh, attending the rallies when Dr. King would come to the church that my husband and I, my high school sweetheart Stanford and I, would eventually get married in, uh, uh, which was uh, Morris Brown. And so uh, we... (laughs) <laughs> we would we would go to the rallies, and our mom and dad would remind us of those values and principles of Dr. King on our way home. And so when my brothers came along, because they're a little bit older than I am, they became very active in uh, high school through SNCC, uh, which is the Student uh, Nonviolent uh, Campaign. And by the time I came along, SNCC was a little less uh less popular and so I joined the NAACP Youth Council and that's how I became a lifetime member of the NAACP up through as, as you just heard me mention uh, when I was involved with, with Waukesha uh, with the Waukesha branch of the NAACP and later the Milwaukee branch and later the, helping to actually uh, create the uh, Whitfield County branch when I was down in Dalton, Georgia. So uh, so all of that is um, is my my uh, collective experience of, of of recognizing that there was that separation, that separate but unequal, uh, of course, uh, at the time. But we didn't look at it as, as unequal because our parents did their due diligence to be sure that we had such a gratifying and satisfying childhood growing up. We never felt like we were lacking. In fact, technically, I guess one, one would even consider our family um, uh, black middle class, but of course, in my adulthood, I recognize very, very easily that there is a difference between white middle class and, and black middle class. But yeah. we never, we we never lacked for anything. We we pretty much, and I had a very, very happy childhood. 
And so I would say perhaps um, growing up in the segregated South, it wasn't until my very first job at Procter & Gamble when I was the first African-American, uh, the only African-American female chemist uh, at the Research Triangle in my particular building, uh, in my particular work team, where I really began to, to recognize um, that difference for myself, as opposed to my parents just always bringing us up to, to love everyone. But very quickly, some people disprove themselves very quickly of being unworthy of my love. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's when I learned uh, what I needed to do to, uh, to protect myself and and to still uh, move move on in my career. And in fact, that is, quite frankly, uh, the impetus, uh, the impetus for, for why I ended up leaving my STEM background. I was always very good at math and science in high school. I ended up going to college at Bennett College for Women in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, on a full-ride scholarship from the National Science Foundation. Wow. I completed four years of college in three years, and I came out on top of my class, uh, cum laude, I should say, uh, in my class um, with a chemistry degree, and very quickly re recognized that I uh, guess the real world, the rest of the world, uh, the integrated world, uh, was not quite uh, quite ready for, for that. So I moved on over into marketing, and then from marketing into diversity, as I've already previously described. So and now you know the rest of the story. Do you, do you remember, I'm just curious if you remember like the first incident where you became aware of race or racism? I don't know if I can actually call it the very first incident. Or something that sticks but, out. But, but, but clearly the fact that, you know, I was so impressed with the fact that Procter & Gamble uh, came to my campus. They uh, they proactively recruited me, and I was you know making one of the top salaries at the time uh, for you know because science women in science. I mean that was like the the big thing even then, and um, and so I was very impressed with their with their openness, and I was uh, heavily recruited, and you know I guess. Um, that that saying that the people people don't quit companies they quit managers and it was actually my my actual manager that probably had the most memorable experience I would I'm not sure if it was the first but it was certainly the most hurtful when I attempted to uh, to bring into existence uh, some formulae that I was working on some research that I had conducted on my own time to uh, talk about emerging markets and the need for uh, perhaps for Procter & Gamble to, uh, to begin looking into getting into the ethnic uh, market. And my particular section head at the time said, America is not changing, Karen, uh, that will never happen. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't, I don't, I mean, he really had apps. I mean, he literally just put a whole wet blanket over over all of my research and all of my all of my work. And I was devastated at the time uh, because of it. And so, my husband, being the loving man that he is, he just said, "You know what, Karen? Maybe this is just not, um, uh, you know, the fight to um, the the battle for for right now. The timing may not be be, be good for you, but you know what? Why don't you just move on with your dreams and." 
and was, was that advice, I decided to, uh, to move over to marketing, who I also worked very closely with as a research chemist, uh, where I did see more, at least, uh, gender diversity over in the marketing side of things, and that's what prompted that very first career change. You know, it's good that, that you were raised the way you were by your parents, and also that you have a supportive husband, because other people, you know, have maybe a lot of other um young black women who didn't have, weren't raised that same way with that high level of self-esteem because there's so many negative messages out there might not have recovered. That's very true. That's very true. And you know what? I really, my heart goes out to a lot of people who are in that, that, that predicament. And as a result, I really, you know, go out of my way to, you know, provide mentoring opportunities. I speak at a lot of different uh, places and organizations and, you know, boys and girls clubs, et cetera, uh, because it, it's important for our young people to not lose sight of the vision of them becoming all that they can be and not being sidelined and lulled into a depression that snuffs out their life. Yeah. It's very, very important that they let their life shine. Because we've seen too many of that, too many, too many instances yeah. of that happening with so many negative messages. Now, mm-hmm. Appleton, I had never yeah. heard of Appleton until I met you. <laughs> how many people actually, <laughs> how, okay, how many people live in Appleton? Appleton has a population of just over 76,000 people residents. Mm-hmm. That's not that small. And what about, what are the demographics? <laughs> like, are there a lot of black people or people of color in Appleton? Um, there are not a lot of people of color in Appleton, uh, but what I am, why I am here is a direct result of the vision of the mayor of Appleton, who actually has a foresight to first create my position 21 years ago. When he was first elected 22 years ago, he's one of the longest serving mayors in the country with six consecutive reelections. And he had the foresight, uh, Mayor Tim Hanna had the foresight of putting diversity and racial equity on his election campaign platform in 1996. That wow. was the year that Bill Clinton ran for president. And he, Tim Hanna, being a councilman at the time, uh, actually ran against an incumbent mayor, uh, first-time mayor, and as a result of his narrow win, uh, if you thought that what the country just went through looking at uh, the, the recount for Stacey Abrams in Georgia was something, uh, or uh, Gilliam, uh, Gilliam over in Florida was something, it was really uh, a heartfelt um, a hard fought fight for the uh, for for the multiple recounts and and court challenges, et cetera. But at the end of the day, several months later, he ended up being declared the the mayor. And at that point in time, like I said, he has a vision of having racial equity on his election campaign platform in 1996 when Appleton was 97% white. Wow. And we are pleased to report that it is now just around somewhere between 83 and 85% white, depending on which census data you're looking at. 
Wow, and and he got elected on that platform. One, I was interested. One reason I was interested in talking to you, besides that, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed meeting you, is you. that I hear so many people. I you know I live in in San Francisco, the San Francisco area, and I think that there's a certain level of almost like elitism here, where. People will make comments about people who live in small towns in the Midwest, and I hear those stereotypes. And like I always tell people, I say, oh, the whole town is racist? I said, maybe unless there's like three people in the town, every single person is not racist. I said, and I don't know of any cities unless there's three people where every single person in a state or a city voted for Donald Trump. Right. So what's been your experience, what, what has been your experience working in a place when that is so white and being involved in racial equity? Because, I mean, they don't have to. Yes, that is the beauty of it, Emma. You nailed it right there. That's exactly what I was going to say. This is Appleton, Wisconsin. is one of the most progressive-minded cities where I have ever lived and worked. And as a result of that, I walked in here, Simma, and I was surrounded by so many wonderful, good-hearted, well-intentioned, beautiful white people that, get this, that had been fighting the fight of diversity for 20 years before I even got here. Wow. It's not just about me. It's not just about skin color. Yes, I show up and I'm black and people see that. But that's not why I'm here. I am here moving the needle forward on a fight that began in this city for the soul of this city 20 years well in advance of my arrival. You see, it goes all the way back here in the city of Appleton to the 1970s and the Vietnam War. And the fact that the Hmong population over in Vietnam during the war was help our U.S. soldiers with the passage of supplies across the Ho Chi Minh Trail so that we, the Americans, could be successful. And because of that kind of commitment, dedication to our success, when the United States finally decided to get out of our Laos and Thailand, at that point in time, many Hmong refugees had been captured and caught and held there. And the United States, for the first time in 1975, started air flighting them out of the country into and accepting them here in the U.S. And to the credit of Rotary International, Catholic Charities, and other organizations such as that, the Hmong population ended up uh, coming in primarily into three main states, yours, California, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. And, really? in, and within Wisconsin, Appleton became one of those magnets for a, for a community that was open to, to receiving those refugees. And as a result of that happening in, the, in 1975, and now you fast forward to 1996 when the mayor was first being elected. He listened to the people. He went to some of those, those individuals who had been, at that point in time now, a part of the community for almost, uh, you know, for over 20 years. 
and 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 some were still saying that even though they found those individual organizations and and families who had been accepting of them, they still wanted to feel mainstream accepted into the city of Appleton. And as a result of that is when he first created my position. It was uh, very awkwardly named, uh, but uh, but but the uh, the spirit of it is the same, and that is multicultural interrelations <laughs> uh, coordinator. And uh, and so that's uh, that's when uh, my my very first predecessor was first named uh, Pam Bang, who is now Dr. Pam Her, and uh, and she really set the bar so high in terms of inclusion practices actually even within our uh, the, the position was first seated within the Appleton Police Department so you're talking about another revolutionary move when people are talking about de-escalation and in our police departments today uh, Appleton's been doing it for over 20 years again under the, the, the vision and leadership of this mayor and so and so that is why when I come along just happen to be in black skin um, it's almost immaterial when you think about the fight that a lot of these residents, these, these kind-hearted, wonderful, progressive-minded individuals have been fighting up here for over 20 years. Well, I, okay, why, I'm convinced. That, I got to come that, there. That, <laughs> that, that's, why, that's why what you said was, was so apropos at, at the top of this, this point in our discussion is that, you know, every person, you, you, you cannot just base it on the color of their skin because these are some of the most progressive-minded, open-minded, hard-fighting. I mean, they will fight you to the end for equity and inclusion, and it happened long before I even got here. Well, one of my colleagues, uh, his name is Joel Brown. He lived in Wisconsin for, I, I think he might have been raised in Wisconsin even, and he's He's African-American. We have, a, a pro, we have a process called the Uncommon Ground. It's a dialogue process where we bring people together across mm -hmm. differences to have conversations. And he is always defending Wisconsin. He'll always talk about where he lived and the diversity of places where he lived because people, so many people think of these small towns as, oh, there's no diversity or oh, we live in California, we're so much better, which drives me nuts, actually. <laughs> because I think, that's a pro I, think, I, think, I think that's a problem when you don't take the time to get to know people. Like, if, if I'm involved in this work and I don't want people making assumptions about me or people of color, then I also need to stop people from making assumptions about particular places in, in the country. That's right. And that, and, and that is precisely what I do. I mean, trust me, I am not, you know, <laughs> feeling like I'm living in a panacea or, you know, a perfect place, although it is the closest to perfection <laughs> that I've personally experienced, uh, uh, honestly, in, in, my, in my whole career. But clearly we have not eliminated the, the negative energy that, uh, that is still out there. There are people who uh, to this day can can talk about their negative experiences they've had with, with individuals, you know, shouting uh, uh, negative uh, racial slurs at, you know, students at Lawrence University, for example, and so on oh, and yeah. so forth. But, but by and large, even if they are not eliminated, they are clearly in the minority in this particular community. And 
trust me, those who are on the positive side for inclusion, they are very loud and very vocal. And wouldn't you say that a lot of it is willingness? Are you willing to help create change? Are you willing to work on yourself? Are you willing to fight against, uh, speak out against inequity? That's exactly right. In fact, it is, in fact, that very intentionality that is the, that lays the groundwork for the success for Mayor Hanna. I mean, he would be the first to let you know that some of his initial attempts, including the title of my position, was a little awkward. Um, you know, you kind of um, you learn uh, to be a little bit more. Um, you learn, and and he has learned over the years because he is such a good listener. He listens to every single constituent. He listens with both ears. And um, and because of that intentionality, he, he, he is willing to ask. So he asks all the right questions. He, he really does formulate great questions to the point that you, you, you want to help him engage. You want you, because you can see it's, it's an earnest. It's an earnest interest in other cultures and other other uh, groups, and and by the time you're finished talking with him, you feel as if you've really been listened to, and as a result, you can see him, you can see his wheels turning for how he's going to continue to bring about a change, and that's what has happened now in over 21 years. Um, and I think that that is so important because people are going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. especially if you have people that have not been around people who are different than them. Even the best intentions, they're going to make, make mistakes. But I think that if people do listen to each other and we're able to help elevate people's consciousness and awareness, then that's what we have to do because we can't just yell at people if they make a mistake. Exactly. We have to do it with with love and with compassion. And I really, I re- I really believe in that. And I want to ask with you, big, oh, go ahead. With dignity and respect. Well, that's <laughs> what, that's what, that, okay, mm-hmm. that's the next topic I was going to ask you about. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about the respect campaign? Yes. So the dignity and respect campaign is an initiative led by me in the mayor's office along with my partner in diversity, who is Dr. Kimberly Barrett, the Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion and Dean of the Faculty at Lawrence University. So we uh, have partnered up and we have just uh, celebrated our one year anniversary of the campaign. I purposefully chose the date of January 16th of 2018 to, to kick it off after uh, starting in my position in uh, July of 2017, I kicked off the campaign in January of 2018. So that was the day after the Dr. Martin Luther King birthday holiday last year, because I wanted us as a community to move forward in living the values of Dr. King in this unique town called Appleton, Wisconsin, beyond just the birthday holiday. And so the Dignity and Respect campaign actually empowers individuals and organizations to create environments for all of us to live, work, learn, and play regardless of our differences. 
we take the pledge. It, it takes place in four stages. We take the pledge, which is the first step, and I can give you that um, that uh, website for people to take the pledge online, dignityandrespect.org forward slash Appleton. And after you take the pledge, then you'll be directed to the seven pillars upon which the campaign is predicated on, and then to live out the 30 tips, as well as to then the fourth step is then to participate in our local initiatives, which we have had many going on here in the city of Appleton to build cultural awareness throughout the year. So in terms of action, what does that mean? Because I hear... So many people, I, I do a lot of, I do a lot of facilitation. I do a lot of workshops and, and I, oftentimes I get called to say, oh, could you do a workshop on respect? What does that mean? What does that, tell, tell me what that looks like to you? Cause I, I think people so, need to be able to clarify these things. Yes. So, so what Dr. Barrett and I like to say is that diversity is what we do. Inclusion is why we do it. But the Dignity and Respect campaign is the how. It is the action. If you actually go into the seven pillars of Dignity and Respect, then that's what the whole campaign is predicated upon. First of all, it starts with you. That's pillar number one. Number two is to sweat the small stuff. I know we like to say don't sweat the small stuff, but sometimes if you'll just take a moment to be very intentional and become mindful of about how you respond to others, then sweating the small stuff can pay off with big dividends because now you are realizing that you are responsible for your own words and actions. Number three, the third pillar is to build cultural awareness. That's the part where I have had these multiple uh, community conversations year long in 2018 and they will soon be starting up again in 20 actually there's one tomorrow night a living room conversation on immigration for uh for, for building cultural awareness and then uh uh pillar number four is to find common ground and of course then to join a team you can do this because like i said the campaign happens in where we live which are our neighborhoods where we work Various business partners, nonprofits, and even worship uh, places of worship have taken the pledge. Uh, where we learn, every single school in the Appleton area school district have all taken the pledge, and now they are implementing them at the school level. And of course, where we play—that's our sports teams and our parks and rec department. And so we ask everyone to find a team. So, so, so for some people, that may may be there their uh, block captain having, you know, me come and have their block take the pledge or having their neighborhood group, et cetera. Uh, like I said, United Way, um, you just you can just start naming organizations uh, for days, uh, Boys and Girls Club, et cetera. But join a team. It's not just about you just going off trying to do this whole dignity and respect thing by yourself, but join a team, a team be it where you live, where you work, where you learn, or where you play. And so we, we leave that up to people. But we do try to hold their feet to the fire to, to join an, an, an individual team. And then with that, coupled with that partnership with your team, lead the way. Be inclusive in your language in every interaction. It's just being very intentional. And then, of course, uh, just the seven pillars, just doing, doing the right thing. 
And that's just the seven pillars. We haven't even gotten into with the 30 tips are. And so we, we actually have a little placard that, um, a little brochure, excuse me, that, that I encourage people to print off from the website. So after they've taken the online pledge, we invite people to do that so that they can be reminded on a daily basis of how to communicate respectfully, how to share your point of view respectfully, how to pause and get someone else's point of view uh, and just continuing to be open and flexible. So these are how to for the where the real action takes place with the Digital Camera Spectrum. Well, can you give me any examples of what you've seen either changes or or actions that people have taken so that we could get a picture of what that actually looks like? Well, for me, I would say one of one of the the best metrics, if you will, in terms of measuring what has changed in the city of Appleton is we started off with 113 people who came out to the kickoff on January 16th of last year. Wow. And we have now ended the year with 2,200 individuals <sighs> who have now taken that pledge. And so now we are all speaking with a common language. We are able to be champions in our own spaces. I have seen places of worship be more open uh, in terms of having uh, more involvement with, with uh, interface uh, type um, programming. Um, I have seen where where there is this inclusion of the Dignity and Respect campaign at the school level, where we are seeing a, a reduction in, in bullying, et cetera, um, at the Appleton Mary School District schools. Um, so by giving everyone this common language and encouraging people to do something as simple as tip number eight, make a new friend. Yes. You know, we, are still, we are still a magnet for newcomers in the city of Appleton. And now, in fact, I happen to chair the Appleton Refugee Resettlement Committee for the city of Appleton. And now our number one uh, group is coming in from uh, our, 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 our coming in from the Congo. They're Congolese. Wow. Um, and, so, and so now because of that foundation of that inclusion from the Hmong population and now the Hispanic population and now the, uh, the African nations, uh, individuals that uh, African natives that are coming over here, we now have this integrated approach to community, unlike anything else I've ever seen anywhere else I've ever lived. And as a result of that, we are seeing it also spill over into the high schools, into the elementary schools, into all of our schools where people are making it, are finding it easier to do something as simple as making a new friend because now more and more that new friend is probably not going to look like you. And as a result of that, it's making it okay and very easy to become new friends with someone even though they don't look anything like you because you are finding common ground and that's far more important than going off of skin color or gender. I think I would love to come to Appleton I'm imagining it in my mind. It just sounds it's and it's it sounds so. It sounds like it's such a great place of people who, who care and that 
I mean, from what that you're telling exactly me, right. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. you know, from what I'm, mean, of course, there's always going to be people who are not so cool, but where the norm is openness and when the norm is inclusion, that means that yeah. when people act differently or when they're not inclusive, when they act and they do discriminate, that they will be called on it. As opposed to so many in so many places, in the United States, I'm you know seeing so much more of it of racism. Just like oh, okay, what's the big deal? When it is a big deal, so it sounds like you you're a good a good model. But it also sounds to me that it's a place where new people coming in because you know how oftentimes like if you're one of the few black people, the few. Uh, Latino, what, 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 one of the few of any particular group, and you come in, and if work hasn't been done in that in that organization in that community, that people don't always make people feel comfortable, and it's not that they don't want to, but a lot of times they don't even know how to. Yeah, and 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 for those who simply don't know how to, we teach them how to, and for those who are intent intentional on wanting to hurt someone just because they're different. We're hoping that through our living room conversations, through our community conversations, through our community cookout, where we ask people to sit down and intentionally sit with a family that they do not know, that does not look like them, and to facilitate uh, a, uh, a, to have a facilitated conversation around diversity and inclusion uh, right there at the you know, open park pavilion, um, and 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 people come. Over three hundred people came and wanted to have that conversation. It really just shows people wanting to do the right thing, simply looking for the tools of how to communicate respectfully. So we are taking this this uh, you know what what you and I have done for all of these years. We are taking it out of the classroom and taking it into the community so that people can feel comfortable coming to the Appleton Public Library, going to Goodwill Industries, uh, uh, community campus, and just making it safe for people to talk about a plethora of, of topics from black history to women's history to the Civil War to what happened after the Civil War and why the creation of historically black colleges and universities, for example, um, to Juneteenth, why is there a need for a Juneteenth, uh, and why, why, what happened specifically on June the 19th that even caused that? I mean, we are getting into deeper conversations here in the city of Appleton that I am so pleased to say that every single one of my community conversations have been filled to capacity, standing room only, wow. and people are simply want, wanting even more in 2019. I am so inspired. I feel like buying a ticket today. I feel like getting my plane ticket. No, today. no, not today. Oh no, no, today no. We no. have about two feet of snow outside. Yeah, no, not today. And also, we've got to wait till you know the TSA gets everything starts getting together. Now, right now, now that the government is uh, is reopened, but you, you know, uh, and and then finally, the, the the final thing I wanted to share with you that I'm most proud of is our newest edition of Appleton actually celebrating the Dr. MLK Day of Service. We had our very first ever MLK Day of Service on last Monday, and as the world celebrated his life and legacy, Appleton began a new tradition to honor him with the first time when schools were closed 
on the federal holiday, and therefore we had uh, service activities for the first time. We had a little mini program. It started with a march. Of course, our march, unfortunately, was was grounded. We were we were forced indoors because it was a <laughs> negative five. <laughs> Don't laugh so hard, Grandma. <laughs> It wasn't negative five degree day, but I had my banner ready to go, and I said we're going to walk around with this banner somewhere. And so we, uh, so uh, in fact, you can go to uh, front page of the Post Crescent on uh, Tuesday, January twenty second <laughs> issue, and you'll be able to see me and Mayor Hannah and the uh, superintendent of schools and Pastor Alvin Dupree, who is the first African American school board member elected in the city of Appleton, and we're carrying the banner that says, making the city of Appleton a better place for all to live with all of our differences, as we're singing, we shall overcome, locked arm and arm. Okay, I'm seriously scared. I'm I'm seriously scared of you in Appleton. (laughs) And I'm telling you, we were so blown away on such a frigid, morning wow. on a Monday morning and the first time the kids you know parents didn't have to get up to, to take kids to school on that day and do you know our venue was still to capacity again wow. like over 600 people uh, probably at least 500 downstairs uh, at the Appleton East uh, High School uh, Auditorium where we uh, which was the selected venue and then upstairs perhaps easily another 100 people in the balcony it was just amazing. We were overjoyed to see so many diverse faces coming out. And so, yeah, you can click on any of the news coverage of any of the local news stations, and you can see for yourself just how diverse the, the crowd was. It was amazing. Oh, I will. and I were just hot, hot warmed by, by what we saw. You know, it's interesting because... I live in this SF Bay, San Francisco Bay Area. There's a lot of diversity here. However, like, and I grew up in the Bronx. I grew up in New York. And what I found is that a lot of times, like, people will say they love the diversity, but it's not what they have in their life. So you could live around people, but it doesn't mean that you have real conversations with them. It doesn't mean that you build relationships with them. It doesn't mean that you go out to lunch with somebody who's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's not intentional, things don't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a very astute uh, uh, observation. In fact, one of the things that I try to, and I don't even decide to, I actually do at the conclusion of every community conversation because we're so intentional about mixing it up, mixing up the crowd when people do come out to my community conversation. At the conclusion of each one, I ask everyone to please exchange personal contact information with at least one person you did not know before you got here and encourage them to even, you know, pull out your calendars and, you know, set a coffee meeting at Copper Rock or, you know, one of our local downtown uh, coffee establishments and, and uh, begin a new relationship because that's really what it comes down to at the end yeah. of the day. You can, you can be diverse. You know, uh, Milwaukee is one of the most diverse cities in America, but it's also one of the most segregated, and therefore, uh, unfortunately, people end up living in silos, if you will. Yes, like, they do that here. Having, ha- there you go, as opposed to having that diversity, and now we are, we do have relationships with one another, so 
so that we can really uh, get to know each other and really share our time and break bread together, which is what the community, Diversity Community Cookout was um, that was put together by Celebrate Diversity Fox City um, back in August. And, and just uh, a plethora of organizations that's doing very, very good work here the United Way and the Boys and Girls Club and African Heritage Incorporated and Casa Hispana Incorporated and among American Partnership, just to name a few. We've got we've got a very, very unique community here in Appleton and it's only gonna get stronger. I wanna ask your I wanna ask your thoughts on something that was kind of the opposite. Where what happened last week at the Lincoln Memorial with uh, the mostly white teenagers from the Catholic school, the Native American group, and then there was the small group of, of black Hebrews. What, mm-hmm. what do you, th- you know, I mean, I have my own thoughts of what could have happened, and I think that, but I mean, ultimately, I think that you had three groups of people who didn't really know a lot about each other, and there were some assumptions made of and it was almost like a perfect storm. Now, I do. I don't think everybody's intentions was so great, but but that's a different story. So, what, what's what's your th- what's your thinking about it, and what do you think we could well, do about be, that? Well, to be perfectly honest, Emma, I am very very perplexed about, and 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 I guess I should have started the way you instructed me to and introduce myself, which I didn't, which is that I am. Uh, African-American, female, and a baby boomer. (laughs) Um, And I think that's important in the context of my comments that I'm about to share now because, quite frankly, the most disturbing of everything that I saw, of course, was the first video that went viral, which was the standoff between a a teenager and an elder in the community. Yes, yes, yes. As a baby boomer, Mm -hmm. my life experience is that there is nothing equal in his right and my right to stand there face to face with a smirk on my face, no less. A serious smirk. Yes, not in my culture, not in my generation uh, from uh, uh, being a baby boomer standpoint would that have been allowed and so that was that was number that was the most disturbing thing then when you add to it the other layers of uh, the elder individual even even if he were a white individual is my point yeah the age differential yeah you just as a teenager as a child that's not your place that's right. And to then and to then get on to the next layer of it, which was the race element mm-hmm. of the uh, of him being a white teenager and the elder being a Native American because because we were taught you respect your elders, even if you don't agree with them. But but to go toe to toe with them and then and then come on national T V later and say, Well, you had our right to well, technically I guess you did, but generationally speaking, it was out of place to me. It was hideous. And so um, mm-hmm. and so uh, and so that was um, that that would be my my personal take on that. Now I did see some of the um, ad- additional footage that came out later with the Black Israelites and 
And I think that uh, some of the uh, profanity and the taunting was was over the top and unnecessary and perhaps incited a lot of the tensions that uh, that were later felt. But again, um, you know, they had their right to do so. And so it is it is a place of of free speech. Um, but then there is there is still that uh, that element of of race that unfortunately causes people to behave differently just because of the race elements than they would have without any other variables. Uh, point uh, point in fact my my husband actually was was the smart one who came up with this with this analogy. He said, now Karen, you know, if that was a group of uh, I happen to be a member of the uh, of the Divine Nine. I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a Black Week lettered organization, Delta Sigma Theta. And that's uh, what we, I read. You were Delta, affect- yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So we uh, we affectionately uh, uh, sometimes um, unofficially align ourselves with the uh, with the gentlemen of Omega Psi Phi, who wear the purple and gold, and they are known for doing these chants and their gold boots and pulling off their shirts and hopping around and 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 doing their chants and my husband said can just imagine if those mm-hmm. that number of high school teenage primarily white boys were some of your brothers that's right <laughs> i thought the same to, thing to, Two, two, two of my biological brothers are also uh, my uh, my uh, Greek brothers of uh, Omega Psi Phi. Can you just imagine mm-hmm. what that? How different that scene would have been. Mm-hmm. Do you think those chants would have would have been allowed to go on without park police or somebody coming around um, to put an end to it, as opposed to in their particular case, the, the students. You well said that they had their advisors, their counselors, um, their, their chaperones approval to do what they did. I am so with you. And I looked and I saw that young kid facing off and it looked to me like it was a face off. He was yep. blo- he was blocking. So even though he tried to say, well, I was just there trying to what he say, make peace and show the guy not to be worried I, you know, I don't yeah. believe I think, that I think you that could always thin. tell what people are that thinking. That I was think disgusting. That was I think I think that was thin, and that is a mm-hmm. part of you know. I guess I guess to his credit, which is one of the, probably the best things that he did not that that he did by by not speaking, so he can say he was thinking anything he wants to yeah. say because no one was inside of his his mind. But but that look on his face was odd. Ugh. It was, hideous. Me, it, was it was hideous. It was hideous. It was hideous. And mm-hmm. also, you had like a whole group of these kids. I don't know where the, the adults were. They weren't anywhere. But to do that, I mean, this they guy. Were. And, they and were. The adults were there. I know. They said okay. The, uh, they said some okay. Of the subsequent videos, on, uh, in terms of uh, some, of the, some of the subsequent videos that did make it on air. Uh, they were able to zoom in and, you know, show you by an arrow or, you know, circling who who their who their advisors were, and they were they were there right there right along with them. And when I see those kids, 
That's almost like, and that kid's saying, I have a right to stand there. I think about, I mean, maybe it's not as extreme, but I think about the white people blocking young black kids from integrating the school. I, that, that was the first thought that came to me. Yeah. And Clearly. that you're saying, I own this spot. I own you. And I yeah. can do whatever I want. I mean, that, that was my first thought. Mm-hmm. You know, and whatever happened, yeah. I don't know what happened with the black Hebrews, I think, or the black Israelites. I think, weren't they like reading, really, they were reading the Bible and they were really like chanting loud. And I don't know what, what and then I don't know what happened. You know, I, I don't, I didn't really hear what, what went down. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, looking at that kid and those other kids making fun of the Native Americans and then hearing some of the white right-wing people on on the radio justifying it. Yeah. That really made me think, of, and I don't, I'm not one of these people, I don't go around calling everything white supremacy or anything like that, right. but to me, <laughs> yeah, this is white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, like I said before, there are those pockets of individuals, um, but at least here in the city of Appleton, we're going to keep that too. And, and that's I'm what I love. That it doesn't exist here, yeah, but it's, it's, they're not going to ever be the majority. And you're showing what's possible. And there's so many places where we're seeing change and we're seeing what's possible, which is why I wanted to have the show to bring people together across race and talk about race and show that we could do it. And you're, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. You know, I'm looking at the time and I know it's almost time to end. So I'd like to ask if there's any, any last comments you have. And also, could you please tell people how to reach you and how to go to the website for the, for the dignity Absolutely. and respect? Absolutely. Like I said before, there there is a plethora of organizations that's already doing the work of diversity and inclusion even beyond what I'm doing at the city. So I'm actually here moving the needle forward as I join forces with organizations such as Esther and Wisdom and the other organizations that I've mentioned previously. And so people can reach me by going to the City of Appleton website and I am in the governor's week uh, of drop-down menu for diversity and inclusion. People can also email me at diversity at appleton.org. It makes it very easy. D-I-D-E-R-S-I-T-Y at appleton.org. And I would invite everyone that's listening to also go to the Dignity and Respect campaign website, which is the Dignity and Respect that's A-N-D spelled out, dignity, A-N-D, respect.org forward slash Appleton, which is my website. And you can learn more about the seven pillars, the 30 tips, and our wonderful initiatives that we are holding here in the city of Appleton. Thank you so much, Karen Nelson from Appleton, Wisconsin. 
This is Sima. This is Sima, the inclusionist, with everyday conversations on race for everyday people getting ready to sign off. Go to www.raceconvo.com to hear more episodes and help us get the message of eliminating fear of differences and bringing people together by sharing this podcast with everyone you know who wants to stop hate and spread love. And if you want to help us continue, then please go to www.raceconvo.com and leave a small donation since we're not paid to do the show. We have no advertisers and we run the show on donations and leave a small donation or a big donation. You can reach me at, at Sima at SimaLieberman.com. You can reach me personally. You can hit me up on Twitter at The Inclusionist. Invite me to speak at your next conference, meeting, or event. Signing off, Sima Lieberman, The Inclusionist, with everyday conversations on race for everyday people. Until next time. Let me stop the recording. Hold on. Okay. Hey, Karen, thank you so much. Thank you, Sima, and you are absolutely right. You said it was going to be just a conversation. It was just like I was talking to one of my friends. So you are very easy to talk to, and, and I really enjoyed the conversation. Well, this was so, I'm, you know, I was going to ask you about, I was going to say, oh, let's talk about even like R. Keller, because I'm really, I love following popular culture. But I was so interested in what the work that you're doing in Appleton. It's amazing. It's, I, they should you. do a documentary. They should, I'm sorry, I'm I, said, sorry. I said, I said, they should do a documentary. They should document what's going on there. <laughs> well, well, it's uh, it's funny that you should, uh, you should say that. In fact, uh, Joanne Williams, who is the ex- executive producer of Black Nouveau, a uh, television show in Milwaukee, is currently doing a, uh, a documentary that is due out in the fall of 2019 that has chronicled the last no, no, excuse me, the last 50 years, going back to the 60s, um, wow. with uh, a high school and, uh, and uh, high schoolers from Kankana High School, which is the very next neighboring community over from Appleton, and uh, Rufus King High School, which is a uh, Milwaukee public school, uh, that, that uh, they did a, um, a social experiment, actually, about 50 years ago, just led by a teacher who wanted to make a difference, you know, one of those those good-hearted people that love opening their homes up here in Appleton, uh, like they did for the Hmong and then for Hispanics after that, et cetera, et cetera, and and now doing for the Congo um, families that are relocating here. And uh, and she's now doing a documentary called King and Kakana, which, uh, which, uh, uh, which is a play on the two high school names, but clearly also talking about the values of Dr. King and Sutwine in her documentary. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I, I definitely want to stay in contact with you. Are you going to be in, uh, are you going to be in Minneapolis this year? I am planning on it. In fact, I am hoping to bring the mayor with me for the first time this year. I'm hoping to get that on his calendar. That was my first time attend. I was a first time attendee last year. Uh, at the invitation of Leslie Taylor from Thriving Financial, one of our business partners in the Dignity and Respect campaign here in Appleton. And she said, Karen, if you've never been to this uh, workplace inclusion uh, workshop uh, forum, you need to come. And I was so glad that I did. So I got to meet you. I came back singing its praises to the mayor. And in fact, she and I are starting to do a lot of uh, 
co-presenting on this topic wow. of uh, the role of city government in bringing about change from a diversity and inclusion standpoint around the state. And so eventually, I think I may even uh, hopefully try to get us um, to do some more national speaking at a, at a national conference like that. But I want him to experience his first one. First. Oh, I'd love yeah. for you to come to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. It would be wonderful. Well, I will. We'll definitely stay in touch, and I'll plan on seeing you in Minneapolis, probably. Very good, and definitely send me the link to your yes. podcast when you are done with your uh, production and editing of the start and finish, etc. And and I do apologize that my little doggy was uh, running I around. I didn't. Even, oh, my dog's in my car because I'm here at the station. I decided to take my. Sometimes I could take my dog to work because I work um, in an office at WeWork in downtown Berkeley. Right. And I decided today, I said, I think I'll take him. So I forgot he's, I forgot he's, I even brought him. He's sitting in the car. I better go get him. <laughs> well, I could not do that on a day like today. Well, so I, I did not, I, I didn't even hear you. I locked him out of the room. I did not hear, I didn't hear your dog. I didn't hear your dog. It would be oh, fun. Good. Cause remember, this is like a conversation. So. Oh, good, good, good. Yes. So you wanted, have wanted a great you know. week. Stay warm. Thank you. Thank you. I will now. I'm glad I don't have to go anywhere. This was this was really um, great. Thank goodness for technology that I did not have to go into the office and I could just use, you yeah. know, the phone or laptop here here at the house. That worked out perfectly. So I, I'm you. really inspired. I have to tell you by Appleton. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I might much have to for interview you for. I write for this a magazine. I might have to actually interview you and the mayor at some point. Oh, good. please do. Oh, that okay. would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Yes, he has a uh, a community update. He is now a staple on our on our Green Bay um, Channel Five News for um, for for CBS because we've got he's got so much going on from an economic development, how he saved the downtown is thriving. Um, he's just doing a lot of things right when it comes to you know a mayor. Um, and so he has a, um, so yeah, he is, he, he would be a real value added to have on. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to interview and write an article sometime in the next couple of Mm -hmm. months. Thanks so much again. Have a great day. Thank you so much. All righty. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Yeah, I think we've all noticed a disturbing upward trend in gamer girl porn. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I go porn, uh, shared interests and common hobbies aren't really at the top of my list of what gets my motor running. And really, you don't see other hobbies represented at all either. Like, you don't see, like, MILF gets banged in her woodworking studio, <laughs> or co-ed gets nailed while bookmarking instant pot recipes, or interracial book club gangbang number five. Um, a, a lot of people would point to our 
political climate or like social media for our nation losing uh, its capacity for subtlety. I just spit a lot. Um, that's not my exhibit A. My exhibit A is a game called Cunt Wars. Now, Cunt Wars is a game what has naked ladies in it. And I can't tell if the marketing team behind that game had a poor grasp on the English language or a masterful one. I like to think about the boardroom where they're trying to name it. And it's like, all right, guys, we need a name that communicates sex, warfare, and strategy. And then one person in the back is like, how about wars of passion? Okay, that's a little subtle, something a little raunch here. How about the lover's battle? Again, a little too subtle, we wanna get these clicks. And then a lone shadowy figure in the back of the boardroom just goes, yeah, cunt wars. Uh, and then the boss goes, hey, cunt wars? Hey, just. Motherfucking wish. on the air we have about eight minutes left because we have to be courteous of the next show and they're really cool guys it's like some old school hip-hop show when they were going to collab don't forget it's 11 11 make a wish you know i usually make a wish for 11 11 during the day when i see 11 11 a.m or 11 11 p.m however it's 11 11 all day so all your wishes will come true only if you believe like peter pan if you ever seen hook and you like tinkerbell dies if you don't believe in her so you gotta clap 
And you gotta believe in Tinkerbell. So believe in your dreams, believe in your wishes, believe in your hopes, believe in your aspirations, and just keep praying on them. If you guys seen the sun today, it was a pinkish reddish color. That's how you know today was a magical day. Also, we also had smoky Oakland going on. So you have to be careful of that. I don't know if that's why the sun was beautiful and shining like it was, or if it was just some natural shit, but it's 11-11, so some magical shit's going on. So put your affirmations into the universe. So since I was a teenager, when 11-11 came, I took a time out, so it took 60 seconds, if that's what I had, and I made my wishes. I ain't gonna say they all came true, but it seems like everything that I ever wished for, either it worked out or I didn't get it, because if I got it, I wasn't gonna be appreciative of it. So it means I haven't yet to get it, and I will get it. The other day, I was in class with a student, and 11-11 came, and this is how serious it was. I was looking at 11-11, and I was like, bro, I need to make a wish, right, motherfucking now. And we're reading right motherfucking now. What do I do? I said it's 11 11 everybody make a wish. It was just me and him I was like everybody everybody got a wish make it right now And he was like I said you too and he was like my wish is to graduate high school I said whoop there it is you're gonna graduate high school my friend Just cuz you wished it on 11 11 so now today's 11 11 so don't forget to put your affirmations everything that you want write it down if you too scared to speak it out loud light your candles just it's, it's like 11 11 is like a holiday for spiritual people it's like as you're growing and, and learning what what spirituality is to you because once you realize that religion is religion and it's not has nothing to do with spirituality then you start trying to figure out what spirituality is to you so days like this where 11 11 comes out and it's like a day a number that you always seen and you always feel some connection to it i've always felt a connection to it since i was a teenager and i never really understood it 100 percent. so now that i get to actually my uh, this is the first time this is the first year of me actually trying to involve myself in holidays that actually mean something or days that mean something like the adults mortals i was able to build an altar um and today i'm able to light my candle when i get home i light my candle i'm trying to get some things in order when i get home but just really take in yourself today like wh who are you who do you want to be and don't forget that even though you're making wishes and you're putting this stuff into the universe the universe only works if you work so you put these things in the universe and you tell them the universe what it is that you need and the universe is susceptible today so she's listening he's listening however you feel about the universe they're listening extra extra hard today the, the portable portal all the spiritual people are saying the portal is open if you don't believe then that's on you if you want to pray to god whoever you want to pray to jesus whoever it is that helps you connect the spirituality pray to them and once you open up that door and you ask for all the things that you want and you need as long as you work towards your goals the doors of opportunity will open up easily that's the whole point of asking right now so that the things that you want and need will come to you with no issue as long as you're working towards those as long as you put in the effort if you're not putting in the effort and you're just wishing upon a star ain't shit gonna happen because you have to actually show the universe that you're gonna work sometimes the universe gives things to people and that's just on the relationship that they have the connection that they have whatever happened in the past life whatever agreement however that works that's that shit but sometimes the universe makes you work for what you're supposed to get you've already had that opportunity for you to actually get what you're supposed to get from the universe and you blew it 
you were too greedy whatever it is that you did you fucked it up so now and that's what i believe about myself that whatever happened in the past life i was either evil whatever it is because i already have those tendencies where it's just like oh if i had this i would pop 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 so i'm in a predicament right now where i have to, i have to learn and i have to come from the bottom and understand the people that are at the bottom so that i don't ever make whatever mistake i made ever again so i'm working towards all the things that i want and need in life i'm working towards those because the universe is like you gonna have to work this time bitch if you're gonna sit on your ass you're gonna be hungry if you get up and do all the things all the opportunities all the shit that i'm giving you because every time i need a job bitch i find one. Oh yeah it's easy never it's never it seems like there's people who like, i can't never find a job and it's like why yeah i will walk home like and she just falls in your fucking lap you be like damn i just that was okay well so the, uh, the universe gives it to people some people get opportunities they get gifts and things shit just happens to them because whatever sacrifice they gave in the past life but sometimes you have to actually work so if you out there hungry and struggling if you're not doing what you're scared of doing then the universe is like if you're not gonna do what you're scared of doing i'm not gonna help you as long as you acting and pushing forward and saying, doing what you say you want to do, being who you say you want to be, then it's just going to come into fruition. So keep dreaming big, keep wishing big, but keep working towards your goals. Do not give up. Keep working towards it. Today's 11-11. It's a spiritual day. So do the rituals you feel that are personal for you. Do them do that shit it's a special day write down the ones in your dreams all the things that you need down create the magic spell it out spell out your desires that's what they say they say magic is in writing because you're spelling and they say you put a spell on people that's magic so spell some shit out write the shit down uh get a real pencil or your favorite pen the one that's ink i don't fucking know i'm just a spiritual witch off instagram i'm not i haven't got I haven't got a blessing yet from like an actual priest or spiritual person. It's like, and I'm. Really? I'm like I moved to the right neighborhood. Is it down the street? Like down this street, or what street is it on? God, I can't. I, it's like off of Mission, I think, or maybe it's on twentieth or. Cause I feel like I've seen a botanica, but it was closed when I seen yeah. it. So it's like a little shack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It says ocean. Um, I didn't see. I didn't see what it said on top yeah. of it. Um, but I need to go there. Mm -hmm. I I want to go. It's just what I'm waiting for is the move. Once I move and I'm able to have my own space and I'm able to just like put up my altar that I want to put up and I'm comfortable, then I'll be able to get the crystals that I feel is i'm supposed to have i want to get my candles even though i feel like that's like they be like charging 12 dollars for candles that's a dollar at the other store so i'm like what's so special about these candles like let me know but i do want to go see like a spiritual person and have them like read my energy and like because i really was doing a lot of purple hair and that was like the crown energy so i'm like okay there it must be a reason why all of a sudden i'm just like i love purple but for me to just keep i can't if my hair is not purple i'm like what the fuck i need to do something oh it's not purple enough what the fuck so i'm gonna go to a botanica as soon as i move into my new house me and, and my comadre and my goddaughter we're gonna move into our new house and then we're gonna have like 
nice beautiful it's gonna just be a beautiful feel it's gonna have a spiritual loving clean feel and I'm gonna get my comadre a hairnet <laughs> that's all and then we're that's it and that's all so I'm gonna turn um, some music on as we close things down. Shout out to Rachel. Thank you so for so much for coming. You gonna have to come, since, especially since you're only eight minutes away. I'm here every Sunday, and usually we're like four o'clock. But today I was just vibing. I was just like, I'm not even chilling. I just got up, and when I left, I was like, oh, Bart's coming in thirty minutes. I can just take my time, and it's why my edges or nothing. It was, 